ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. Welcome back to Orange Nation Artists of the Day. You, too, where the streets have no names. That's right, Polly. We only have one more segment after this. Yeah. So something's going to be left out. I guess you could close the show with something else. I could do two songs. You could. All right, let's uh, let's bring on our final guest today. Uh, and the reason that we're off the air early is this man will yeah, be taking over at 145. I can't thank him enough. <laughs> Tim Leonard joining us. Uh, from down in Greensboro, North Carolina, as we get you set for Syracuse NC State. The, the women uh, taking the court in the 8-9 game uh, here in a little bit for a 2 o'clock start. Uh Tim, let's start, I guess, with the ramifications, if we could. You know, we've seen uh, the projections from Charlie Cream that SU right now is the last team in the field. Is a win today enough to get, you know, say they win and they put up a, a fight but lose ultimately to Notre Dame in the, in the you know, in that game against the one seed. Is that enough, in your opinion, to get them in the tournament? I guess, and this is what Charlie Cream said yesterday. I heard him on with Brian yesterday. He's the foremost bracketologist for women's basketball. I guess you can't say definitively it's enough, right? Because it all depends on what other teams outside of Syracuse are doing, what fellow bubble teams are doing, what the one-bid, potentially two-bid leagues will do, and if there will be bid stealers. But I think this is pretty much as close to a play-in game to the tournament as you can have. If they win this game... I'd be pretty shocked if they're not one of the teams selected, at least to be in the first four of that uh, field of 68 next week, and then maybe you have to do a play-in game to get into the 64. But if you're last team in right now, and you go and beat an NC State team that you're not supposed to beat, an NC State team that would qualify as a quad one victory, and it's technically a neutral site here, but NC State's going to have a bulk of the fans. They're about an hour away from Raleigh here, so I think this is pretty much a play-in game. It is pretty much a lock if you win it, especially if you play well against Notre Dame after that. And Notre Dame's pretty vulnerable right now. So I think if you win this game, you're liking your chances against Notre Dame anyway. But this feels like a win and you're in. If you lose, you might be out. And it's kind of the same type of certainty of whether you're in or out based on a loss as well for me. So it's pretty much a playing game in my eyes today. You know, Tim, we, we've had you on a, a few times and we've talked about this, and I think you and I are on the same page, that whether this team makes the tournament or not this year, it, it feels like a successful season. With that being said, you know, the, the ladies are so close to making this happen. Um, do they need to get in for Felicia Leggett-Jack and the, and the team to feel like it's been a successful season? Or or, or can they process what... what they've done and and the fact that they've gotten this far and and is that good enough this year for them yeah I'm glad you asked me that because coach Jack's message throughout the week I thought has been interesting and really a good message to the team right now she's been saying all along that to get to this point they deserve credit right they should be proud of how they've gotten to this point and not from a standpoint of you should be content and you should just go out there and think you don't belong with an NC State team because certainly we know they do they almost beat NC State in the lone meeting in the regular season but her mindset to the team, I think, has been a good one. And she's kind of trying to alleviate the pressure in a way by saying, look, you guys have exceeded expectations to this point. Now let's just have fun. Let's see how far we can take this thing. Let's play some fun postseason basketball. And I think everyone around the team, especially the seniors, really want to get a sense of that NCAA tournament. Obviously, the four players from Buffalo got a good taste of that last year after they won their conference title. So Coach Jack, in a way, is coming off a successful conference title. Now you step it up to the ACC. 
but everyone knows what's at stake here, but I like how she's approaching it from a mindset of, you guys have already sort of exceeded expectations to this point. Let's just have fun and see how far we can take it. I think that's a good approach. We saw the ACC release its postseason awards earlier in the week, and, you know, DeAsia Fair landing on the first team. She landed on the all-defensive team. Great for her. I, I was a little surprised that Felicia Leggett-Jack didn't win uh, Coach of the Year in the conference. Were you surprised by that? Yeah, I didn't see the overall voting. I'd have to think she was at least in the top three or the top four. There are some decent candidates this year, and Neil Ivey won it, who was Notre Dame's head coach, and they just won the regular season title. There was a lot of talk that Carol Lawson was kind of spurned from getting the award, the Duke head coach. who Duke was picked to finish eighth in the league. They finished second. They exceeded expectations more than anyone. And Syracuse was picked to finish tenth. They finished ninth. So it's not a huge... In- you know, in terms of exceeding expectations. But I think they've done more than just play one spot better in a way, too. So I thought she definitely had a very strong case. I think it just came down to a lot of other coaches had a strong case when you have nine teams potentially going to the NCAA tournament from the ACC. All right. Speaking of the ACC, and, you know, we saw Charlie Cream's projections, you know, as it stands right now, he's got nine teams from the ACC getting in. Uh, As you said, this might be a play-in game, and whoever loses today, you know, I guess it's possible that that they're left out. But uh, is the ACC the best conference in the country in your mind? Yeah, I think it's it's pretty clear at this point, honestly. They don't have a top-two seed in the latest bracketology I saw, so that would be the knock is South Carolina is the best team in the country from the SEC. They're, they maybe aren't going to get a national champion this year, but I think almost the way that you talk about the Big Ten on the men's side some years, from a standpoint of depth in top to bottom, I mean, Wake Forest just came back and beat Florida State in the game before this. This has been as much parody as I can remember following ACC women's basketball in the time that I've been sort of following Syracuse and the league because usually there's one or two teams at the top and then there's a pretty big drop-off and then there's maybe two more teams then another drop-off and it's pretty tiered. Syracuse has been competitive in every single game they've played this year. They really have not been blown out by anyone in the league. They've let some fourth quarters get away and the score has ended up being maybe a 15, 16 point loss to some of the better teams, but they were right in it in every game. So that speaks to the fact that Syracuse as the nine seed, there's not much drop off from number one. So I think when you look at the league as a whole, it is clearly the best in the in the entire country right now, I would have to say. In, maybe they don't have a national champion type of caliber team, but I think overall they're the best league. All right, size of this matchup for us today, uh, Syracuse-NC State. What should we be looking for on the NC State, uh, NC State side of things? What stands out to you about the Wolfpack? So NC State just came out that Diamond Johnson, who's arguably their best player, all-ACC second teamer this year, was just announced, is not available for the game today. And she did not play in the first meeting against Syracuse as well. It was kind of expected that she wouldn't be playing. She's now going to miss her fourth straight game due to injury. But the key, I think, is DeAsia Fair in the first meeting shot at 6-for-23 against NC State. It was actually Georgia Woolley who tied her Syracuse high with 23 points when they met on January 1st. And the Orange offense only scored 54 points in the game. 23 came from Woolley. Tisha Hyman was 0-for-6 as well. So NC State has switchable guards that are really tall, that are long, that play very good defense on the perimeter. And DeAsia Fair struggled last time, but since then she's been obviously incredible in pretty much any type of tough matchup in the league. So she talked about during the sort of media availability this week that she has sort of revenge on her mind after struggling against NC State because they lost by two last time. 
and Fair didn't even play near her A or B game in that matchup. So that, in a way, is a positive for Syracuse. If you get DeAsia Fair in kind of her normal groove today, I think that's going to be the key. Then they're probably very likely going to be right up until the final buzzer with this team. All right. Uh, last one, Tim. I mean, uh, what does your gut tell you? Who wins today and why? You know, I, I'm very torn on it. I think Syracuse has a very good shot, though. It feels like they have more to play for than NC State. And I mentioned Diamond Johnson not playing for the Wolfpack. In a way, NC State probably knows they're probably not good enough to win the tournament title this year and improve their seeding all that much. They're firmly in the tournament, whereas Syracuse obviously has tons on the line today. So I, I think the Orange could pull off the upset from a standpoint of they just have a little bit more to play for today. All right, uh, you'll take us through it. You've got the call coming up uh, 20 minutes from now. Pre-game starts right here on ESPN Radio at 145. Uh, Tim, thanks for joining us. Have a great broadcast, and we'll uh, do it again soon. Yep, thanks for having me, guys. All right, Tim Leonard, he will be on the call coming up at 145. We'll hit our final timeout. Again, we're ending a little bit early today. We'll wrap things up next on ESPN Radio.